Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Justin Sarachik. This is the Survival of the Artist podcast, and we're in season two, episode 17. And I'm very happy to bring in my guest today, Sean C. Johnson, singer, occasional rapper, and overall super nice guy. <laughs> part of the Die Daily crew. We saw Avengers. We saw this the second uh, part of the Infinity War together. Um, <laughs> it was an experience I'll yeah, never forget. And we also ate shark. So we did. We definitely did do that. We look at us, man. How, out here having life experiences. Yeah, I we love it. we've seen we've seen some things. So, <laughs> yeah, we have. So uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it to you. The first question, and I I, I gave a little brief whatever, but you could go in. Who are you? Yeah. What do you do? And what is okay. your claim to fame, if any? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so my name is Sean C. Johnson. Um, I go by Sean C. Johnson. Um, um, who am I? That's such a broad question, I guess. Um, I am a singer slash songwriter. Um, I make music to try to edify body Christ. I know that may sound cheesy and tagline-ish, but I mean, it's the honest guy truth. Like, that's why I got into music, was to make music to edify other people. So it's like, that's what I make music for. That's always been my my why. I can always go back to that, you know, despite how everything looks. I can always go back to that. But, um, yeah, that's who I am. Um, I sing. I, I write songs. I rap occasionally, as you said. Um, <laughs> You're good at it. But um, my claim to fame, I guess it would be... I don't know if it's a fame because I like some people know about it, some people don't. But I won, um, I won a stellar in the NAACP for a song I wrote that ended up on on the Greenleaf show and on the soundtrack. Uh, so the soundtrack is what nice. ended up winning some awards. So, but I wrote a song that was on there. So I think that's probably my biggest accomplishment. But that's not what a lot of people know me for, though. Like they know me more so for the music. Mountains, mountains is the big one. Uh-huh. And then what the fun is another one. So I guess that that'll be my claim to fame, I guess. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So yeah. this next question is is kind of a, a loaded question, so you can answer it how you feel. How long okay. did it take you to get to where you're at now? And I know for everybody, you know, maybe you didn't reach yeah. the success you're looking for yet, or maybe you're comfortable at where you're at, but like at this current moment yeah. of your career. How long did it take you to get there? How long did it take me? So my first album dropped in 2006. Um, I started working on that album in 2005. So I would say 2005 is 2019, about to be 2020. So I mean, yeah, the better the better part of these 14 years, it's taken me about 14 years to get to this point. Now things really started to pick up uh, in 2012 when I got out the Air Force. Mm-hmm. But before that, um, like I got by the time 2012 came around, I was at a point where I could, you know, pursue music full time. So I've been doing music um, full time since oh, 2012. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, I don't know if it, I would say six years, but I mean, I feel like to get to the point that I am currently today, it has taken. um, Yeah, the better part of 14 years. No, that's yeah. that's awesome. I mean, that's yeah. that's a that's a full time yeah. artist though for a while too. Most most of the yeah, people yeah. that I've, I've spoken I've, to, I've seven, yeah, seven years, yeah. So I mean, it's been about half and half almost, like half of the time. 
yeah, that I've been doing music was I was working a full time job, and now half of it I've been full time. So no, that's yeah, awesome. It's right yeah, yeah. Most of the people I speak to, like, they just got there or they're about to be a full time artist. But like, you've been doing this yeah. a while, so that's dope. And yeah, God has kept, and God has been, God has been faithful and opening up a lot of doors behind the scenes. So, um, I know word of it doesn't always get out, but it's like God has really been. He's been doing some really dope things, man. So, no, that, I'm, I'm humbled by it. All, that's that's great. Um, and you mentioned the Air Force, so I know you had that military background. Uh, it was recent, recently Veterans Day, so thank you for yes. your service, Sean. Um, I appreciate that, man. Can, I never appreciate that. Can Can you talk about your time in the service? Like, what was that like? I feel like that's a unique yeah. thing for an artist. No, it is, man. Like, I got my start while I was in. I went musically. I got my start uh, pursuing my own music while I was in the Air Force. But no, man, my experience with the Air Force was, it was good. I enjoyed my time. Um, when it was time for me to pursue music full-time, I was definitely ready to go. And that's not a bad thing. It was just, it, it ran its course. It was time for me to do something else. Um, and I, I wouldn't dare say that I outgrew the Air Force, but I just think for that place where I was in my life, it was definitely time for me to to jump out there and, and see, you know, if God can make me float or not. So, um but yeah, my time in the Air Force, like I enjoyed it. Like I, I felt like it was, it put me in a position to be able to do what I'm doing now. Yeah. And I don't think without the Air Force, I would be doing what I'm doing now. Um, whether it's just from a financial stability standpoint, because uh, while I was in, I was able to, I was a single airman, so I was able to like save a bunch of money. So when it did come time for me to pursue music full time, um, I had enough of a, a base or um savings to to hold me over because i mean there were some thin months there were some months of harvest but like i needed something to keep me afloat during that time so i was in a very fortunate position to be able to do that so um not everybody is fortunate so i mean i do i don't take that for granted but no and i think the air force played a big part in that like it gave me a foundation from whence um to pursue what i'm doing now so yeah yeah uh, i enjoy I mean- did did you see any time anywhere? So I deployed um, to Bahrain, then I deployed to Jordan. So I only deployed twice while I was in. So I was in right around, right under twelve years. In those twelve years that I was in, I deployed twice. So yeah. Okay, so yep. for with something yeah, as like that, I, I wanted to do. Yeah. So with with something like that, like obviously, and this probably carried over, just like the discipline of of doing. Uh, military things and just that everyday sort of grind carries over I imagine to being an artist so but while you were doing that stuff how did you stay creative in that environment and how did those first records get made while you were still in the Air Force yeah so um a lot of that stuff came from my own personal life like I was um and that's kind of always been the I guess the the brand of my music. Like I speak from a personal place and I share what I go through, um, mainly because I realize I'm, I'm not the only one that goes through it. So I just trying to tell my story and make it palatable for, you know, general masses. But, um, but yeah, like that's always been my, my, it's my own personal life. And then, um, how did the music get made? So I was fortunate. One of my coworkers, how I even got started, he was taking an audio engineering class. And he invited me up to the studio. Um, he was like, man, listen, I know that you sing. I've been hearing you around the office singing and humming. So I know you can hold a note. 
come to my studio or come to my classroom. Uh, I need you to record some stuff. You get a professional recorded song, I get a grade. So we did that. I kept coming <laughs> back up there. And they kept letting us come in there. And we ended up recording almost half an album for free. And from there, like, I just put out the music and, you know, guys started opening doors from there. But from me watching my friend record, because, like, he ended up buying his own equipment and recording at home. And I was like, if he can do it, I know I can do it. Like, not to, not to say that he wasn't dope, but it's just like, right. and like, if he's in a position to do this, then I can definitely be in the same position. Like, there's nothing stopping me, basically. There's nothing stopping me from doing this if he did it. So, um, so I just went and brought my own equipment. And I've literally been recording on the same setup since 2006. Wow. Yeah, because it was very shortly after um, I started recording him in 2005 that I ended up finishing the album and put it out in 2006. But the majority of the, the, the latter half of the album so yeah, because just by that time I had my own setup. So by the time the in the twenty sixteen when I think the album came out like September twenty twenty, I'm sorry, two thousand six, I, I was able to put out my own album. So yeah, uh, yeah. That, that's I answered the long the short answer to that. I recorded at the crib. That's where I recorded that. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's awesome, yeah. man. I I noticed that yeah, man. like some of those. I think the first couple aren't on Spotify, but I see that they're on Bandcamp. Is there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A particular yeah. reason? Yeah, so there's one. Well, the first album, it was finished my first album. And while some of the songs don't sound dated, some of them do. Uh-huh. And by the time when that album came out, what, in 2006, like, I don't think TuneCore was really, TuneCore was a thing, or even um, um, CD, but CD Baby was a thing, but I don't think they had the streaming side of it. Right. So streaming wasn't really a big thing then. So I never put it online. Like I never put it online. And by the time my second and third album came around, I had grown musically. Like sonically, it's night and day. So I didn't want to re-release the older music um, on a digital platform, right? Um, like a streaming service, and try to you know compete with the other the newer stuff. Like I want to push people towards the newer stuff. Yeah. Basically. So I mean, that's the main reason it's not available. Like, so that's basically for people. Website. Like your hardcore fans that are like, I need more Sean C. Johnson. They got to dig for it. Right. Absolutely. It's for them. That's basically why. Like, I'm leaving it up there just so, you know, if you really want to deep dive into my catalog, it's there. If you if you want to find it, it's there. Yeah, because I, yeah. I was like, hmm. I was like, if he wasn't proud of it, he wouldn't mention it on his website <laughs> with, with a link to so it. Bad. I was like, but... <laughs> But right. it's not on Spotify. But he's still talking yeah. about it. So I was like, I think I should just ask him about it. <laughs> no, that's good. No, that's a great question. I mean, I know some artists, like, they scrub, I guess, their their online profile and just, like, they get rid of the older music. But it's like, I don't mind people, you know, seeing the journey for the most part. Yeah, yeah. I think like, I think that's music, an important. That yeah, it was, it was, because, I mean, it was my first album. So it was like, it's still my babies. But uh-huh. I do understand sonically, like, there is a, a drop off, like there is a, a jump between the two. So, but just being aware of that, but also not hiding, you know, this was me. It's me at that time. So. But yeah. Yeah, but at least that's like 14, 15 years old. There's artists who are like trying to scrub the internet of things they did last year. And I'm like, no, that's fine. And I'm like, relax, I mean, man. <laughs> right. I'm just like, man, I am who I am. Like, this was me. Like, but I enjoy I enjoy being able to see the growth of an artist too. Like I know sometimes when artists get on, like 
they scrub everything and they project a certain image. But it's just like, I'm big on just being me. Like, I just want to be authentic. Like, I just want to be me. So it's like, I don't want to have any other stuff. Like, what you see is what you get. Like, me on me talking on the phone right now, like, me in person, like, I am the same person every time you see me. So that's just always been big to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, man. So... I saw your, you know, your label and just reading up on you, the Circa 1993, you have that as your record yes. label. And just from reading yes. up on you, I'm assuming that it's named after the year that your mother passed. It so, is. It is named after that year, yeah. So, and then so, you, you have that every story has a beginning. So, for you, has a beginning, I'm sure that's yeah. that's your beginning. Yeah. So, my album uh, by the same title, Circa 1993, was just talking about that. It was kind of like my origin story. Like I talked about the four events that really shaped who I was, and like the year that it, all the year that all these events happened was 1993. So it's just like that's always gonna have such a big, you know, um, that's always gonna mean a lot to me, right? Just because of that year, like and everything that happened in that year. Like I am the man I am today because of all those events that happened, and the main one was my mom passing. So it was just only right. Like that was the beginning. Like every story. Every story, no matter what path someone takes, like there's always a beginning. Like to every story, there's always a beginning. So it's like this is me telling my story as it and, and it's ongoing. So yeah, but yeah. So that was kind of the idea. About it. So the circa 1993 thing though is just solely you. That is like just what you put your music out yeah. under. Yeah, that's what I put my music out under. So yeah, it's kind of like yeah. I don't have any artists that I'm grooming and right, right. A production and anything like that. No, it's just no, it's just a vehicle to um, put my music out. So. You, you know, it's funny. At first, when you know, I, I saw that and I'm like, circa 1993. I was like, this dude's six years younger than me. I was like, <laughs> I was like, how old is he? I was like, he's he's done quite a lot in his life. And I was like, all right, I need to I need to read more. Try to put the pieces together. That's hilarious. Because I was like, yeah. there's no way he's like no, he's like 26 years old. <laughs> no, that is that is not the year I was born. That's hilarious. I can see why people would think that. Yeah, because I, I mean, nowadays you have all these artists putting out, and I just think of Ty Brazel, for example, put out his album like. Yeah until 1995 and like that was the year he was born yeah. and i'm like 95 i was like geez and you have people like yeah, 98 or or I, I remember growing up in the year 2000 and i'm like yo man like chill chill yeah. for a second <laughs> so yeah all right so i'm glad that was clarified that i don't feel like you're you're some anomaly that's been doing music since you're like five um yeah um nah. so <laughs> So have you, because I know, so that's kind of your label, but have you had some experiences with record labels over the years and people courting you or have you had like, you know, the ability um, so to, had, to jump? Yeah. So I've had some opportunities, but they've never been from like the major labels. Like most of the moves have been um, horizontal moves. There's never, there's very, very rarely been vertical moves in the sense like, they can do something for me that I can't currently do for myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, most of the moves have already been, have been situations where it's like, we're more on even playing fields and it'd be more of a partnership as opposed to one really giving the other a leg up or a significant leg up. So, um, I have, I say that to say I have had labels approach me, but it's never been, um, a situation where, where it was a, a vertical move or 
or just a good fit at the time. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that yeah, hope, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping to, I'm open to the idea. Like I, I don't want people to think like I'm just all, um, go gung ho about being an indie. Like I appreciate the certain benefits of being an indie, but I am open to the, the potential of signing to a label. Um, yeah. Just, I feel like there are certain things that, that do come with that, that, that I would like to experience within my career. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, of course, but so like this is survival of the artist podcast. And I mean, that's an yeah, important man. fact that you threw out like that, that vertical horizontal distinction. Like if I'm going to a label, what can they do for me that I can't actually do for myself? And if the answer is yeah. nothing, then you don't need them. And you are, you know, smart yeah. enough to, to figure that out and make, you know, that decision for yourself and it be beneficial to your career. Yeah, no, that's facts. I, I definitely, I mean, I don't pretend to know it all. Like, I wear a lot of hats. Yeah. And I feel like where I'm at, I've I've maxed out. Not maxed out, but I feel like there are certain places I cannot go on my own. Like, I need some help in certain areas. So it's like, I don't feel like, yeah, I feel like I've hit, and, hit a ceiling almost. Like, I've gone almost as far as I could go as an indie artist, like, just by myself. Like I need a bigger team. Like I have uh -huh. my manager, Esther Calloway. Like she's dope. But like we need more hands on deck. Like right. it's only so much we can do. Yeah. And so much expertise levels in certain areas. Like, so we need those other pieces. Yeah. So I'm open to it. I'm definitely open to it. So let me ask you this. So you're part of the Die Daily group, which I know is it's not really a label more so than like a collective, like a group of you yeah, artists together. Yeah. So what's Absolutely. what's that? dynamic like for you and and how is that helpful like just getting together with a group of like-minded people i mean i think that's the biggest thing like everybody needs a community everybody wants to belong to something or even to be around people who share different opinions or may not even share the same opinion but that can sharpen you like this is that daily is essentially a community like we're a community of people like we feed it we we pour into each other we uplift each other we joke around um the group chats are always lit. Like, it's like, it's just, it's one of those things where, like we get the kind of fellowship and, and kind of, you know, let our hair down, you know, for lack of a better word. Like we, but it's a safe place for us to really like open up and talk about issues or even doubts that we may be having. Um, it's just a collective, it's a community. That's essential. That's the best way I can describe it. It's a community of like-minded people. Yeah. And who happen to do music? Like we just all happen to, to either work with youth or be associated with music um, in some way. And that's just the nature of it because, I mean, that's the the circle we're running in. Like, that was the common thing we had that kind of introduced us. And then from there, we found we formed a, a friendship. But, I mean, yeah, we're not hiding from it. Like, we all do music. So I see why people would think it is a label. But right, right. honestly, like, if, if there's no pressure on anybody to, to work together or to do any artists, do any music with each other. Like, we just community. Like, yeah. yeah. I could imagine. You don't have to give a discount or rate. Yeah. Charge people the full rate. It's, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not even about that. So, yeah. Yeah. I could imagine those group chats being fire because just that one night I hung Man. out, I hung out with you guys in Queens <laughs> was like the most Bro. fun I think I've ever had around artists in my life. It was two in the morning and I'm yeah. like, oh man, I got to leave. <laughs> yeah. No, that's right. It was lit, man. I mean, we just, that's kind of how it always is when we get together because the majority of us do live here in Oklahoma. Um, but some of us are spread out. We got guys in Cali, we got guys in Kansas, uh, a couple guys in Texas, some in Tennessee. So I mean, 
Um, actually, one in New York. So yeah. So I mean, we're all over the place. Shout out to Kyle. So, yeah, man, that's my guy. The the country right the there. country boy in in the middle yeah, of man. New York City. He's a city boy now, man. He's loving it. All he does is eat good this is food. My, all this day. is my favorite version of Cal, man. New York City Cal. He's it's <laughs> different, man. He's, He's got the beard different. too. I know it, man. I love it. I love it though. Shout out Kyle. We know we know you're listening, yeah. Kyle. Shout out to Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this this was a, a a joke that everyone was was ragging on you a little bit, but I think it's pretty <laughs> awesome. You've been booked in London several times. So I, I have. How did that man. happen? And and what's the market <laughs> like overseas? I mean, you are just man, an indie artist so, recording from your house and you're playing shows in London. Yeah. What's going on? No, that's not. No, I mean, <laughs> honestly, man, I can thank the internet for that. Like it really just kind of exposed me to a really dope fan base over there. Like outside of Oklahoma City and maybe Dallas, London is my biggest market. Wow. And sometimes like London is number one. So it's that's like crazy. They just gravitated towards that sound. Like a lot of people forget, like London or the UK is like it's essentially an island. So it's like when music gets over there, like they really gravitate to it. Like dope music gets over there. So um, yeah, I've been four times. The first time I went um, was back in 2012, um, and it really happened over Twitter. Like there was a guy on there um, who's really doing dope stuff over there. Um, he's selling watches and helping and feeding. Um, um, youth. So he's really doing some dope things. But I, I digress. Um, <laughs> he just hit me up on Twitter. was like, yo, how much would it take for you to come to the UK? Like, he had found my music online. This was a young guy at the time. So like, he was like, if I can get you over here, how much would it take? I said, dude, just get me a ticket. Just get me over there and I will come. I will sleep on your floor. <laughs> I do not care. Get me to the UK. Like a week or two later, he sent me a plane ticket. And like, Put me in a hotel, all this stuff. Like, this is a young guy. Like, he was just, he found my music online. And he loved it. And he brought me over to the UK for an event he was putting on. Um, so fast forward. Um, so that was 2012. Then fast forward to 2017. Um, linked up with another promoter out there. Um, so, like I said, I hadn't been since 2012. But between 2012 and 2017, I was still putting out music. Like, I think that's the most music I put out. Uh-huh. between that time from the first time i went over there in 2012 2017 people started listening to my music like my fan base over there just grew so by the time 2017 came around uh a promoter out there was like listen there's a there's a market for you i don't know if you realize it but people are always talking to me about your music that's crazy you have a bait i need to bring you over here so he brought me over there and it's like sold out the, the spot we was at like up until that point, that was the best concert I'd ever been a part of. Like, best reception I'd ever gotten anywhere. It was 3,000 miles away from my house. So it's like, it's wow. just crazy when I think about that. But, um, yeah, so I went in 2017. And then every year since 2017, we've gone back. And it's just been bigger and bigger and bigger. So it's just like, I don't know, man. Like, it's just one of those things where I, I didn't intentionally do this. So it's like, people ask me, like, man, how'd you break into the market? It's like, I cannot tell you. <laughs> because like I can sit here and thank the funk like I did this I did that but honestly man it was just God just blessing the work of the fruit of my labor like on the work of my hands like that's all he was doing like he took what I had the music I stayed consistent during that time period and just continually put out music and it just it grew from there man like he just he just blessed the work of my hands so 
No, that's but amazing. Yeah, so that's, that's my London, yeah. That's my London story. So, are, yeah. are there any are there any significant differences between like how a crowd reacts to you in London as opposed to like an American crowd? Yeah, so I think um to a certain extent, um I wouldn't say we're spoiled over here, but we do get a lot. Like we're over yeah, it's saturated here. So it's like we've seen a lot over yeah. here. We've seen a lot. So it's hard to always get that reaction. Um, and then, especially even here locally and in the region, people seen you enough that like it's kind of worn off a little bit. Like you've kind of you've kind of become normal to them. Yes. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. Like it's like eating if you ate, um, you know, banana pudding every day. Like the first couple of days, you'd be good. But if you <laughs> eat banana pudding kind of loses, it's kind of, it's still good. Still very, very good. But you're not as excited about it seeing you because it's the 30th time you've seen it. So, but yeah, it's kind of the same effect, kind of the same effect. But I just think we we we're have we have so much access to our artists here, and going over to London like that day or that weekend that I'm there, that's probably the only time I'm going to be there. That's the only chance they're going to get to see me for that year, or maybe true, a year true. or two. So it's like. Yeah, scarcity kind of breeds that kind of like I I need to take advantage of this while he's here. So, but yeah, yeah, I've, that's kind of the thing. I've heard similar yeah. things to that. Like I I know a band from New York that you know they'd play shows in New York and you know their friends and family would come out or it's one of those things where you know if you don't know the band that's there you leave or you walk out or you don't yeah. come until the people you know play and then they they wound up doing yeah. a tour in Europe and they. And they played this venue in Germany where a thousand people showed up and those people were there from by the time the door opened until the very last act got off the stage and they were engaged wow. the entire time. And they're like, this is crazy. Wow. Why, why would we ever go home <laughs> to try to be musicians if we could just stay out here in Germany and do this every day? I feel you. I understand. I get that. I totally get that. Yeah. Like I've thought about, I've thought briefly about moving to the UK, but like I want to keep that, um, I want them to be excited every time I come over there. So it's kind of like, I right. don't want them to, I don't want that. I don't want to oversaturate that part. That yeah. makes sense. Like, I want those moments to always be those moments. Like, I don't want to just, yeah. No, I, I, I get that. Yeah, man. All right. So thus far, and maybe this was one of your trips to England, what has been your biggest, like, rock star moment or moment of success <laughs> that you were like, yo, I did it. I made it. Like this is I'm doing exactly <laughs> what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. It was probably London, man. Cause like even when I was out there, like um there were a couple of off days because I was there for like four, three or four days. So in between shows like those downtimes, I would walk around the city um from wherever I was staying at and people would recognize me on the street. Wow. Like yeah, like, so this, that was the moment, like, that weekend, like, this most recent time I went to the UK, like, that was the weekend where I was just like, like, I've really, I've done something. Like, something, God has really done something with this. Like, this is, that was a moment where, like, I legit felt like, like, I made it. Like, it's like, oh my God, like, this is, this is dope. Like, to see the fruits of your labor paying off, like, it's like, man, this is, this is really dope. Like, and I wish, I wish every show could be like this, but it's like, I'm just grateful for it. I'm grateful for the weekend that I, well, yeah, it was that weekend, like just walking around the city, walking into the venue, um, the anticipation, like knowing the words, like that was my moment where I was like, God, 
like got something like it wasn't all for not like this was yeah this was worth this was worth the grind to get to this point so so yeah have, have you had the opportunity to work with any artist out from the uk um yes um i got triple o then okay. so who's definitely from out there um those are the two that jumped to mind um yeah so yeah triple o triple o and, and so and so yeah okay work with them i think so is here yeah. now though right he is he's in the states now yeah 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 all right so yeah what the people's what about on the flip side, like so far in your career, what do you think has been your biggest failure or biggest regret, if you have any? Um, biggest regret? I think not paying more attention to my branding early on in my career. I think it's probably one of my biggest regrets. Um, I just see the benefit of it now. Like There were certain things that had I put in place early on in my career, I think it would have served me better. Um, now as an artist. Yeah. So I think that's probably my biggest regret, like not paying attention to my branding early on. Um, outside of that, man, I don't, I don't think I've had too many, too many regrets. Like I've had some bad shows, but like, yeah, I don't regret taking them or or being a part of them. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's probably my biggest regret, not paying attention, focusing on my branding early on in my career. Well, I guess yeah. as, as far as as like a pointer or tip, like how how did you change your view like of your branding? Like what was it that made you decide I got to build a stronger brand and like how did you do it? Um, so part of it was just um in my talks with certain labels really like they brought it to my attention. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but like I just realized um like there is a game to be played in a sense. Yeah. Like sometimes having really dope music and being talented is not enough. And I think coming to that realization, especially here in the social media age, like you see artists who are stronger in one area and not as much in the other. Um, you see how it affects their careers. Um, and there's a, there's some couple of outliers, but for the most part, like those who are really good at marketing themselves, are branding themselves tend to have a bigger share of the marketplace right now. They don't so even like have to be that talented that either. <laughs> they don't even have to be that talented. It's the fact that people have brought into what they are selling and they're buying it. They're buying into it. And they're either creating a lifestyle or a way to look at life. Like people are gravitating towards that. So it's like, I feel like that's been lacking for my, um, for my career up until this point. And even now, like I'm still figuring out pieces of that, but I think I have done a better job of just, um, I think what's helped me um, is number one, God's grace, but then also um, being consistent and persevering and working hard. Like I think those three things have really helped me, even despite certain like our lacking branding or solid branding in the past. I feel like my work ethic, um, being consistent and persevering, have um, have served me pretty well. Okay. But, um, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. So now, what about you? What about Sean C. Johnson, the musician. What do you, what do you got coming next? What are you working on? Yeah. Uh, pl- so, plug plug away. <laughs> <laughs> so as of right now, I am working on new music. Um, I haven't decided how I want to release it, but I am recording music. Like I'm working on music. We got one song that's already mixed, um, and I'm just trying to figure out like how do I want to approach it. 
I just want to put out singles. I just want to do an EP. Um, we're just kind of up in there about it. So as, as I get, as I finish recording music and just kind of sit back and listen to it and, you know, view it as a yeah. whole, like, how do I want to release this music? So, but yeah, that's it. That's really all I'm working on is just putting out more music, man. So I released two singles earlier this year. Every year I try to release something, even if it's just a single or a feature. Like I always, at least every year you can look on, when you go on Spotify, iTunes, I want you to see something from every year. Like I don't want to see at least something yeah. from me on there every year. So yeah, man. So that's all I'm working on. Man. Yeah. And that's, that's, yeah. uh, that's part of that game to play now. Like yeah, bro. unfortunately man. quantity over quality yeah. nowadays, they, something's always got to be coming yeah. out. You got to have content is king, man. I've said that always. Even if it's just a video, some, something that people can tangibly either engage with or watch or listen to. Like, so you got to stay relevant. got to stay present. It's crazy, man. Yeah. How people forget who yeah. you are after a month nowadays. <laughs> man, it's crazy. Everything just moves so fast. Like, I tell artists all the time, like, dude, if you take a year off, like, God, God, forbid, God forbid it's not two. Like, but if you take a year off, like, you're a new artist by the time you come around. Like, by the time you circle back around, unless you had a really, really big splash, like, by the time you come around, you're, you're a new artist. You have to reintroduce yourself to people. So. Yeah. Unless you do, yeah. unless you do the Lil Nas X and then just drop I mean, seven versions I mean, of your same song and just carry I mean, that over. <laughs> I would. Bro. Yeah. People work all their, their whole careers for that type of song. And like, his first, his first song is that song. It's just like, and he's like, I'll just keep making it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not mad, though. <laughs> like, because here's the thing. Like, how do you top that? Like, I almost feel bad for him in a sense. I don't feel bad because, like, he's he's going to be able to eat off that for the rest of his life. From an artistic standpoint, like, how do you follow that up? Like, even if your next song or single or project, you know, does 50 million, you had literally the biggest song ever. Like, how do you? Like it's in comparison, it's always gonna seem like there was a drop off. It's just like no, that, that my first song just happened to be an anomaly. Like it was a yeah. That's not normal. Well, even that's not normal. Even think about all those artists who may be like one hit wonders, and their music is yeah, like bro. head and shoulders above anything that first song did. But they're always stuck. Yeah. They're always known for that first song. Like always I think, I think song, about like man. all these like legacy acts or. Even a band like Linkin Park, who has to play in the end yeah. every single day for yeah. like the last 20 years. It's like, don't you hate yeah, that bro. song by now? <laughs> You've made no, much mean, better I mean, music. <laughs> At some point, you just kind of learn to appreciate the monster that it is. Yeah. Because it's like, it opened up so many doors. And it's almost like... Wouldn't be here without I don't know. it. I don't yeah. want to compare it to a kid. But it's just like, without this song, like... It's you take the good with the bad with that, like, right? Would you rather have a number one hit or to have never had a number one hit? It's kind of that. It's like I'll take the number one hit. Like, <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take everything that comes with it because it's like I had a number one hit. Like how many artists can say that? Like there's not a lot of artists that can say that. Like yeah, um, yeah, that they had a, a number one hit. So I mean, I'm not tripping. Like, but you had a hit. I mean, at the end of the day, you like, did it. You made it you, at you one point. Enough to write a hit. So. Yeah, you had a hit. Like, or yeah. or someone was, was uh, good enough to write it for you. <laughs> no, fact. <laughs> that too. We, yeah. we won't get into that. I mean, 
Like you have, you had a hit. Like you know, that's all. It can't take that away from you. Word. Unless you're Millie Vanilli. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. So yeah. My all right. So the the final question of of running the gauntlet of questions is: What would you say <laughs> is the key of the survival of an artist in 2019 and beyond? Man, I think I touched on it earlier, man. Like, literally three things. Like, I always tell people, like, everybody's path to, to success is going to be different. But, like, there's always three things that you're going to find in common with anybody that's been successful in anything. It's hard work, consistency, and perseverance. Hard work, consistency, perseverance. Like, you can apply that to anything, and you're going to see some fruit from that. Yeah. Like, Everybody's everybody's destination may be a little different, but like you're good if you you work hard, you're consistent and you persevere, like you're gonna see some results from that. And I just feel like that's the key. Like application may be different for everybody, but like those three things have to be present or it's not gonna work. Like how you go about doing it, it's gonna look totally different, but you gotta work hard, you gotta be consistent, and you gotta persevere. Like, yeah. That's the best advice I can give anybody. Bang. Put that out. Yeah, Put man. that out. Bullet point. Yeah. All there right. We go. <laughs> so so you, you got anything else you want to say or add? Let the nah, people man, I know. I appreciate you, man. This has been fun, man. It's been fun. I appreciate this, bro. No, it's this, been dope. This is, this is my favorite thing to do. Talk to artists yeah, who actually have some sort of direction in life yeah. and could offer things to help others. Uh, so that was that was sort of the whole goal of the podcast was like I've learned a lot of things in my years of working within the music industry, making music, being a journalist, speaking to other artists. So I was like, let's do something yeah. that's like for artists only. Um, yeah. So this is this is my attempt attempt at it. <laughs> oh, bro. No, man, you're appreciated, bro. Real talk. Thank you, man. Definitely are. Yeah, bro. All right, well, yeah, yeah. well, listen, we got to tell Kyle to get you, Cadence, and the rest of the gang back to New York. Oh, absolutely, so man. We could have more good times. got to have to see you later. Yeah, and you guys are supposed to come to Staten Island and eat some pizza. There we go. We got to. Got to. So go we'll, make it happen. We'll do it. But we'll, All right, man. We're going to get on his head. We're going to make him do it. <laughs> get on his head. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, I will I talk to you later. Thank you. Shout out to Sean C. Johnson of Die Daily. Really dope dude. Like I said, we've had some good times together in Queens with the rest of the Die Daily crew. Shout out to Kyle Peacock holding it down and Cadence and Dre B and Jerry Skrills and Dwayne. I miss you guys. Those were awesome times. Um, so yeah, stay tuned. We're, we're really ramping up Survival of the Artist podcast. This was a shorter episode, but we got a lot of good things coming, including the Survival of the Artist book that is about halfway written. So um, yeah, check out some older episodes while you wait. I don't know who's coming up next, but uh, it's going to be good.